0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Tuya Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Amen. Raise your hand if you've seen Stranger Things. Stranger Things, Stranger Things, all right. This service knows how to live. First service was struggling a little bit. Uh, and then how many of you have no idea what Stranger Things is? Show of hands, I- I'm gonna explain it here in a minute, it's All right. all uh, right. Stranger Things is a show on Netflix. Uh, hopefully you know what Netflix is. You do? Okay, okay, good. We're, we don't have to get into that, but uh, it's a show on Netflix. How many of you, uh, and this is another generation, have seen the movie The Goonies? The Goonies, all right, speaking kind of the older generation from the 80s. How about Stand By Me? Yes, yeah, Stand By Me? Okay. Uh, Stranger Things is kind of a uh, newer film based off that style of a movie, uh, and it's a group of boys uh, that ultimately they find another dimension, uh, and a boy gets lost, and he gets lost in this other dimension, and so, kind of like, you know, it's a group of young boys in junior high. It's it's about to be summer, and a boy gets lost, and he gets lost in another dimension. What they call this other dimension is the upside down. Now, uh, I would encourage you to watch it. It's a great show, but at the same time, it's it's maybe not like a kid friendly show. It's not not like a, it's not a kid friendly show. So, you know, don't take your like four year old home and be like, "We're gonna watch Stranger Things." Kurt said to watch it because I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, put your kids to bed, and then if you want to, you can watch it. Um, but it, it is an awesome uh, TV show, and what happens is they get in this other dimension. It's, all, it's just like um, the earth. It looks just like it, but everything in the upside down is kind of decaying. There's ash in the air, and everything is dying and kind of covered in, in, in this fungus, this growth kind of thing. And what this series is, is we started this in Ground Zero four weeks ago. Uh, We started this in Ground Zero. Like I said, I'm the youth pastor, and so we've been preaching this, and I'm going to bring to you our second week that we did in Ground Zero, and what this is based off of is the Sermon on the Mount. Now, you may have heard of Sermon on the Mount. You may have not. Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, if you want to go read it later, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus goes up onto the side of a mountain, and he begins to speak to his 12 disciples. Now, Obviously, it's Jesus. He's been traveling. Uh, so, a huge crowd gathers very quickly as he begins to preach. And what he does is he preaches a sermon. Uh, you may have heard of the Beatitudes, right? And if you've heard of that, that's where this comes from, is Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaches on the Beatitudes. Now, we're only going to get into uh, Matthew 5, 13 through about like 18, 13 through really 16. And so, we're going to do about three to five of these verses. Out of Matthew chapter 5. We're just going to get into a very small part of it. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, everything that Jesus said while he was on the earth, everything that he speaks in the Bible, if you will, is upside down. Jesus was countercultural. He was backwards. He was upside down. And as you get into the Sermon on the Mount, as you get into the Beatitudes, as you get into the way he teaches and tells us to live, it begins to begin, it's upside down. From what we live, from what the culture will say, what the world will say, everything he says is upside down. I would encourage you uh, to go read all three of those chapters. Now, while I was at Bible school, they told us, you know, you, you may have heard this, uh, you know, we're going to turn things upside down. Or if you're going out, man, we're going to turn things upside down. And they said, hey, everything's already upside down. Jesus came to turn things right side up. Right, right side up. We know we live in an upside down world that is dark, that is decaying, that is dying, right? And everything that uh, was right is, you know, is wrong. Everything that's wrong is becoming right. And the world is quickly just flipping upside down. And so I want to share with you some verses uh, and, and the topic that he starts off in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, is called salt and light. Now, many of you may have heard this. You may have never heard it, and it's fine. But I want to read to you out of the New Living Translations. We're going to start in Matthew 5, verse 13. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot is worthless. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a blanket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out. For all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Would y'all pray with me real quick? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that as I speak, that you speak through me, that it's not my words, but your words. Father, I pray our hearts and our ears would be open and ready to receive what you have for us. Father, I pray that we would see the face of the living God this morning and that that is what would change us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. It says right there that we're supposed to be salt and light in the world, right? Now, Salt, so to me, salt kind of throws you off. Like salt, I don't really get salt, right? I know salt is salty, right? I mean, when you taste salt, you don't, you don't have anything to compare it to, right? But when Jesus tells us, hey, you're supposed to be the light of the world, instantly you connect with that. We know Jesus is the light of the world. Every since, uh, you know, since Sunday school, you've heard, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We, we're taught from kids that we're light. So it's easy to connect with that. It's easy to know that, oh, I'm a light. I'm not supposed to be covered up. I'm supposed to shine bright for all to see. Now, here's the amazing thing about today's age. You live in a world where you can get on your computer and you can access any translation of the Bible you want. Practically any translation known to man, you can access for free. You can download the YouVersion Bible app uh, on your phone or your tablet, and you can have hundreds of translations available. Used to, if you had the new King James Version, you wanted the NIV, you'd have to go to the bookstore and buy an NIV Bible, probably for 30 to $50, right? If you wanted the New Living, you wanted the Message, you had to go buy those, Today, you don't have to do that. So if you're reading something and say the New King James and you think, well, I don't really understand that. An easy thing to do is go read it in another translation. Okay, very famous translation is the message. This brings it into more of our terms and our language. This is a great translation to compare verses with, so you can kind of see a different perspective on it. So I want to jump in in the message in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, and I want to read this to you. It says, let me tell you why you are here. Now let's just stop, pause, quit reading, close your eyes, don't look at anything else. And it says, let me tell you why you are here. Do you realize that everybody on planet Earth, every scientist, every scholar, Every teacher has wondered and has asked the question, why are we here? Right, I taught this in Ground Zero. Every student in Ground Zero wants to know, why am I here? What is our purpose on earth? And I'm gonna give it to you for free because we're about to find out. Anytime the Bible says, hey, here's why you're here. Here's what you're supposed to do. Get your highlighter out, get your pen, rip it out, paste it on the wall, right? Because this is stuff that I can live by. Hey, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning." That brings out the God flavors of the earth. Okay, I'm about to start preaching here in a minute, and so you better get ready. Okay, okay, some amen and some hand clapping, you know, whatever you need. I told Reed last uh, Thursday when I practice. I said I may have to have you drum with me while I preach, you know, so we can get things things moving. You're supposed to bring out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Come on. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. Verse 14 here's another way to put it. You are to be light, bringing out the God colors of the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that you that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous. Father in heaven. Now, I mean, all of that is absolutely insane and amazing. And I love what it says, is it says that, you know, we're supposed to be salt that brings out the God flavors of the earth. We're supposed to bring out the God flavors of the earth. And I love how it ends. It says you do this by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven, right? You're supposed to bring out the God flavors of the earth, right? Because we know what salt does. Salt enhances flavor. Salt makes things taste better, right? If something doesn't really have good flavor, you throw some salt on it, right? A lot of people put too much salt on stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, people can dump salt, right? You know, you eat chips that aren't salted, and you're like, what's wrong with these chips? Somebody put some salt on the chips, right? Nobody wants to eat chips without salt because salt makes things taste better. So now we're going to dive into some science here, and we're going to talk about why does salt taste so good, all right? Why does it taste good? I want to read you a quote. This is out of finecooking.com. This is like the real deal. I didn't like make this up, okay? I looked this up on why salt tastes good and makes things taste good. So this is from finecooking.com. It says, perhaps you've heard the old saying about salt bringing out the flavor of a dish. Well, the scientists at Monnell Center say it's absolutely true. The reason, some flavor compounds are too subtle to detect but when you add even just a teeny amount of salt, neuro, neurological magic happens. Suddenly, our taste receptors can detect flavors that they weren't able to sense before. Now, 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 let me preach it to you, okay? See, when you're salt in the earth, where people couldn't sense God, where people couldn't detect God before, you add a little bit of salt, you add a little bit of you, and then people begin to taste God. People begin to see God. It says that food can, can have flavors that you can't taste, but you put a little salt in it, and then all of a sudden, the taste come out. The taste kind of explodes. Your receptors begin to see it. See, when you walk in God, when you walk in the light of Christ, when you walk like Jesus calls us. To walk, what happens is salt enhances the sweetness and suppresses bitterness. Salt enhances sweetness and it suppresses the bitterness. I got more of this article. I'm going to read it to you right now. In addition to being a general flavor amplifier, salt has the special ability to enhance sweetness in foods. Taste two chocolate puddings. That are the same in every way, except that one contains a bit of salt and the other none. The one with salt will taste sweeter. That's because sodium ions zero on on bitter flavor compounds and suppresses them, making the sweet flavors seem stronger. Have you ever had chocolate chip cookies? And as you eat a cookie, you eat like a Lay's chip with it. And it makes the cookie taste better. And like every bite of the cookie, we go to the brew in Plainview. I don't know if you've ever eaten there. If you haven't, you need to go eat there. Um, and, and they give you a cookie with your sandwich. And they give you like Lay's or like Ruffles chips. And you take a bite of the cookie and a bite of the chip, right? Bite of the cookie, bite of the chip. Because it makes it taste better. Because the saltiness, salt suppresses bitterness, and enhance sweetness. See, and that's what you're called to do as, as Christ followers. We're called to suppress the bitterness of life, right? And enhance the sweetness. I love what it says. It says, in addition to being a general flavor amplifier, when you are salt in the earth, you amplify the God flavors. When you're the salt of the earth, you amplify the God flavors. You suppress bitterness and enhance the sweeter parts of life. Everybody in this room is old enough that you've experienced the bitterness of this life. You've experienced pain, disappointment, right? Disillusionment, right? Confusion. Everybody in this room, no one is immune to it, right? We've all tasted that bitterness of this life and the word of God says that me and you as Christians when we encounter people we're supposed to be salt which suppresses the bitterness does not say we'll get rid of it but it says that it will suppress the bitterness and bring out the sweeter parts of life the sweeter parts of life and I love the end of this he kind of gives us hey how do we do this it says keep open house be generous with your lives by opening up to others you'll prompt people to open up with God right? The way we do this is the way we live, the way we talk, the way we treat people, right? When I encounter people, how do I talk to people? How do I act? Am I always in a hurry and I don't have time for people, right? Am I like, well, I'm just shy and I don't want to deal with that or, or whatever, Right? But it says that, hey, I'm supposed to be the salt of the earth. I'm supposed to be bringing out the God flavors of the world. I'm supposed to amplify it. I'm supposed to suppress bitterness and enhance the sweetness. And how do I do that? By opening up to others. By opening up to others. Right? You've never encountered a religious person. And what I mean by a religious person is someone who's you know, kind of about the law, kind of, uh, you know, it's all about the rules. You never encountered a person like that on Saturday night and thought, man, I'm going to church in the morning. Right, those people drive you away. Those people push you away, right? So it's not about like, oh, I'm a Bible scholar and you better turn your lives around or you're going to hell, right? Everybody's like, whatever, you know? No one has ever been scared into heaven because of hell. No one, no one. It doesn't work, right? And the thing about the devil is the devil's a persistent cuss, right? The devil's pretty smart, Okay, back in, in early on in my parents' generation, uh, what they came out of was churches that preached law. You'll famously hear that. They preached the law, which means it was rules. It was regulations. You can do this. You can't do that. You can do this, but you can't do that. Don't do that because that's bad. Then what we discovered through, we, you know, they read their Bibles and they found out in Romans that, hey, because of the blood of Jesus, I'm set free. I'm no longer a slave to the law, but Jesus has set me free because his blood has cleansed me of my sins. And the devil says, I can use that too. Now the devil tells you, do whatever you want because you have grace. Right, You have grace, so God's not mad at you. You can do whatever you want. You can live however you want, right? And what does that do? That creates a hypocrite. That turns people away, right? You never saw a hypocrite on Friday night and thought, man, I better be in church Sunday. No, you don't. See, and it's about being authentic. It's about, hey, I can't do it. You can't do it. It's not about you need to come on, right? You need to be a better Christian. It's I need to trust God more and rely on him. Ever since my first message I preached in Ground Zero years ago, uh, I prayed, and I know it was God, because I don't know where it came from, but I prayed, God, you speak through me, not my words, but your words, because I've got absolutely nothing to say without God, right? I I know many people in the room might think, what does that kid know about anything? Nothing. But Jesus is here this morning. Right? See, and and grace, what grace does is God, hey, I've been set free because you died for me, so I'm going to live for you. Right? And I'm going to live for you in your grace, knowing I'm going to mess up. You know, I heard a pastor say one time, when you get saved, all you do is sin less. Right? You sin less. You don't quit sinning. You just sin less, hopefully. Right. There's some things that Jesus gives you power over, Jesus gives us control over that we are able to overcome. That's what we're here to do this morning, right? We're here to worship together, pray together, rub shoulders with other Christians, be encouraged, tell them, you know, hey, we love you, you're doing a good job. Now let's get back out there, right? And be salty again. Right? And bring out the God flavors of the world and bring out the goodness, bring out the sweetness, and suppress the bitterness. And you you know what that looks like. You know what that looks like in, in the way you talk to people. One of my wife's biggest things, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? I get in trouble, not for what I say, but my tone of voice, right? And then when she's like, what's your tone of voice? You're like, what tone of voice? I got no tone of voice, you know? You know, you, you get mad, right? And because then your anger takes over saying that I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not bringing out the sweetness and suppressing the bitterness. I'm bringing out the bitterness, right, because I'm walking in anger, and I need to rely on Jesus. I need to get with Jesus. I need to spend time with Jesus so I can walk this out. One of the most deadliest things that that happens is you think that Christianity is some kind of, like, self-help program. This is here to make me better. That's not what this is about. This is about relationship, Right? This is about relationship. I didn't get married because somehow she's gonna make my life better, right? Oh, well, well, she ha- had some money or she's a good name or she comes from a good family or any of that stuff because, well, this is gonna help me, right? I got married because I was in love. Right? And that's why you get married, because of relationship. I want to be with you. And Jesus is the same way. God, I love you, and I want to be with you. And your grace drives me closer to you and away from the world. Because I want to bring out the God flavors, because on my own, I can't do it. Now, I want to jump back into uh, Matthew 5.14, where he talks about the light. It says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven right? You're supposed to bring out the God colors in the world. I love that. You're supposed to bring out the God flavors, and as light, we're supposed to bring out the God colors of the world. How many of you are tech fans? Tech, any Raider fans in the house? You have some Raider fans? Now, I'm talking like before this year, you know. How many long-term Raider fans do we have, right? Now, because we know that when they made it to the final four, everybody was kind of a Raider fan then, right? Then when they won that game, we're like, let's go get the jerseys, the flags, the bumper stickers. I'm a Red Raider fan, right? Bleed red to the day I die, right? I mean, I mean, that's how we live. That's how we are, right? And, and, and it, was in, it was funny how... When they got into the Final Four, when they made it to the, that far that you drive around town, man, everybody had big old Texas Tech flags out in their yard and in their pickups, and everybody was wearing the jerseys and the hats and the T-shirts. Why? Because we want to wear their colors. We're going to support their colors. When you go to a high school football game on Friday here, here in Tulia, you wear maroon, right? If you're playing dimmit you, you, you make sure you don't wear purple, Right? You don't show up in a purple t shirt because you know that ain't our colors, right? I'm gonna wear black, silver, white, or maroon, but I'm not wearing, you know, somebody else's colors. You don't do that because I'm going to wear their colors. It doesn't matter if it's NFL, if it's basketball, if it's hockey, whatever it is. If you're a cowboy fan, you wear cowboy colors, right? When the Cowboys play on Sunday, we'll have guys come to church with your cowboy jersey on, right? You're starting the morning off with Jesus and your colors, right? Because it matters it 's important, you want people to know i 'm a cowboy fan, right, and, and cowboy fans are loyal to the death doesn 't matter if we 're terrible, if we 're great doesn 't matter we're cowboy fans right I mean I mean, it just does not matter you 're not jumping ship right at all and see if you ever see anybody in patriot colors you 're like what 's wrong with that person?" Right. Somebody get that kid saved. Right. Why are you wearing a Brady jersey? You know? Yeah. It's like, what's wrong with them? Because we want to wear our team colors. Now, I know this might sound cheesy. Right. And and I hesitated to even say this in Ground Zero because it's cheesy. But, you know, we're on Jesus's team right? We're on Jesus's team. I'm on his side. And so I want to wear his colors. I want to support his colors. Now, I wish it was as easy as I could say, I've got jerseys for sale out at the Red Desk, stop by and buy you one, and you can wear Jesus's colors. But it's not that simple, right? I wear his colors when I live righteously. When I read the word of God and then I do my best to walk that out through his strength and through his grace on a daily basis, then I'm wearing Jesus's colors. And as I live that, I bring those colors, I bring out the God colors of the world, and I bring out the God flavors of the world, right? And I know that, hey, I'm going to mess up, I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to have a tone in my voice, I'm going to lose my temper, right? But because of the grace of God, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going. I told the kids Wednesday night, I said, the you from yesterday does not matter. The you of yesterday does not matter. The you from this point on is what matters, right? The past is done. It's over with. The blood of Jesus has washed it clean. doesn't matter. What am I going to do walking forward? And I'm not going to let what the me of yesterday did, the me of last year, the me of a decade ago, is not going to affect the way I live my future. Right, Because I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm going to walk in the love of God everywhere I go. Because of the grace of God, I can do that. right? And somebody might say, well, I, I, I knew what you were like in high school. So? God knows what you're like right now. Okay? Right? I mean, it doesn't matter that, that, that they're going to try to bring that up. Because see, the me of yesterday is gone. It's about walking in the future, and I want to give you three simple things that you can do to to make this happen, to walk out righteously, to wear his colors, to walk in that. Uh, Number one, you're doing it right now, be in church. You're doing it right now, right? You come in this place, we worship together, you listen to worship music, it changes the atmosphere of your life, it begins to wash your mind, right, clear your conscience. That's what communion does. Bible says when you receive the body and the blood of Jesus, that it clears your conscience so you can worship God like never before, right? That happens at church. You can do it at home too. The second thing is, is read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read the verse of the day. If you have a smartphone or a tablet or a home computer, you can Google the verse of the day. You can get on the version Bible app, and it, it'll show you the verse of the day every day, right? And you can get on there, and you can read that. You can meditate. And you say, well, when I read that, I don't understand it. It doesn't matter if you understand it. The Bible understands you, and that's all that matters. You're just putting it in you. At camp, they always tell us, put the word in you when you don't need it, so it'll be there when you do need it, right? Put it in you when you don't need it so it'll be there when you do need it. Something you'll find out very quick is when tragedy happens, what comes out of your mouth is what's in you, right? When you get a phone call uh, late at night of, of hey, uh, we got the doctor's report in. Uh, hey, somebody's been in a car wreck. Uh, hey, somebody you know—somebody was hurt out of the lake. Somebody was hurt on a school trip. We don't, we don't know what comes out of you is what's on the inside of you. One time, a uh, pastor and I and a group of people, we were riding, uh, and this is back in the old days, we were riding dune buggies. It was before razors were even a thing. And a dune buggy in front of us flipped over, end over end, going down a hill, right? And, and dad jumped out and I jumped out. Dad jumped out praying, I jumped out cussing, right? And that's what was on the inside of us. Right, I I knew it was on the inside of him, and then I found out what was on the inside of me. And I needed to put the word in me, so that when when tragedy happens, when emergency happens, that's what comes out. Right, those verses, the word of God begins to come out of my mouth. Right, so be in church, you can read your Bible. The next thing is to worship, listen to worship music, right? Now, I'm so jealous of students, of kids in junior high and high school in today's age because of the music they have available. All of the awesome worship music, all of the awesome, I I mean, there's rap, there's rock, there's anything in between that's Christian music, right? Back in my day, there was like DC Talk and Red, and that was like, that was it. I mean, if you wanted rap music, there was DC Talk. That's all you had, right? And some of the worship music was not very good, It was like, I don't wanna listen to this. This is torture, right, right, you know? It's like, I don't wanna listen to this music. But music today is so amazing. There's so many different varieties and different types of worship music. Here's what worship music does. It'll change the atmosphere of your life. You struggle with fear, turn on worship music. It'll get rid of fear, right? You struggle with anxiety or depression, turn on worship music, and it'll drive that out. It'll get rid of that, and those those evil spirits, those demonic spirits will be driven out by worship music, right? When you're getting ready in the morning, when you're commuting to work, when you're on the way home from work, if you got some downtime, just turn on a few songs. Get you a playlist of two or three songs, right, and listen to those and let that do that. And I'm going to give you one fourth one, a bonus one, is pray. Now, prayer has uh, been clouded and, and confusing, and people are like, well, how do I pray? And, and oh, thy God, bless me, thy God, right? That, that's not how you pray. Praying is just talking to God. I tell the students in Ground Zero, the easiest way to start is tell God about your day. Everything that was good, everything that bad, everything that was otherwise, just tell him. Sit down like you would sit down with a friend for dinner and just tell Jesus about your day. Maybe if you're driving home, maybe if you've got some downtime in the evening, uh, whenever you can find some quiet time, hey, God, here's how my day went. And then take some time to listen. If you've got to ask for something, ask for something. And just begin to talk to God. It's not about like this, oh, God, almighty in thy heavenly places. I mean, it's about relationships. It's about being real and authentic with Jesus, and that's what he wants, and that's what he craves with us. And so I want to encourage you as we close today that you're called to be salt and light, right, to bring out the God flavors and the God colors of the world. If you would, bow your heads with me, and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus and Father. I pray that you would give us the strength, the courage, the boldness, and the grace to be salt and light. That as we go out this week, Father, I pray that we would bring, be salt, bringing out the God flavors of the world, that we would bring out the sweetness of this life, the sweetness of this world, and that we would suppress the bitterness. And because of that, people would be directed to Jesus. People would turn and see Jesus, and they wouldn't hear us or see us, but they would see and hear Jesus, Father, that we would bring out the God colors, that we would wear and sport the God colors of this world and we would bring it out. And because of the light of Jesus on the inside of us, people would be drawn to you, drawn to your goodness and your love, Father. And I thank you that you give us the courage and the strength to do this. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet.